0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Franchise Tag. I'm your host, Eric Salas. And on this episode, um, it's going to be a little bit different than the others. Um, I know we have it. Uh Made many episodes recently, and that is because obviously scheduling conflicts, which we have been through uh, for a while. Chris is with me over the phone, by the way. What's up, Chris?
1: <laughs> What's up? What's going on, everyone?
0: It's been a it's <laughs> been a minute. Been a minute. Um, I think yeah. it's I, I think it's almost a uh, bl- blessing in disguise that we haven't recorded. And again, it's fun to record. We like doing it. We like talking football. We could go. We could do it all day. And I'm sure a lot of people listening can too. They could listen to it all day as well. Um, you know, but life happens, and I think there's a lot to digest this season. A lot of ups, a lot of downs, and uh, they're getting through it. or heading towards uh, the Thanksgiving football slate, which, um, you know, not breaking news, but it came out today. Um, the day before the Thanksgiving games were supposed to take place, that the uh, Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers primetime game on Thanksgiving will be postponed to Sunday at 115. Um I figured that was going to happen, but I fig- but I know the NFL is doing everything they can in their power to keep games going, but I feel like on such short notice, and the fact that it's a holiday game, I'm sure they would have wanted to go through with it, um, but it just didn't make much sense because of all the positive cases. Was it a shock to you when you heard that, or were you kind of expecting this to happen?
1: I thought it was going to happen yesterday. When I heard the amount of cases between, as they quote-unquote said, staffers, I didn't know the word, but Their staffers and uh, players, I think it was a total of like seven or something yesterday, and now today, two or three more players got it. I'm not surprised. I'm really not. I'm not
0: either, but it's the fact that it's a, it's a big game to cancel. Like like any other primetime game on a Sunday can always be moved. Like remember when we had that one week where we had like a Tuesday game and you know, it wasn't that big of a deal moving it around. didn't Mm -hmm. seem like that big of an issue, but it's Thanksgiving and a lot of eyeballs on the TV and it's a lot of money being paid to the NFL to have that game on a broadcasting network. I think it was going to be NBC if I'm not mistaken. Um, but either Mm -hmm. way for any you know, for any channel that has a rights to a game to, to put on TV, a lot of eyeballs, a lot of people watching. And it's huge, especially because it's prime time. If it was like a one o'clock game, I don't think everyone would have freaked out. It's because the one o'clock games tomorrow on Thanksgiving are going to be lions, Texans, and then the, um, Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys. So obviously those are like kind of the games on Thanksgiving that you'd coast through. Like you have them on the TV, you, you know, chit chat with some family and then you eat, watch the game also but when you get to that primetime game, it's like, all right, this is the actual game we're going to watch. And it actually like means something, but like for some reason, you know, the earlier games are never as interesting because for example, like I think it was last year or a year before that, usually like, um, the NF- NFC North teams play on Thanksgiving too. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like lion lions who always lose on Thanksgiving. It would be like lions bears. And that would kind of just be like a, a coast through game that you'd watch. But this, this is a big game to lose. Um, and it's tough dude, because, uh, we're talking about two teams in the same division, division rivals. Um, one of them's undefeated. The other one ha- does, does have a chance to beat them because um, even though the Steelers are undefeated, it doesn't mean they're invincible. Um, but yeah, but, um, I, I was again, I wasn't shocked. Kind of like you, I was expecting it to happen. But I thought because it's the NFL and it's like someone got a po- was on put on the COVID list, was tested positive on Monday, but they're good to go by Sunday it just never really mm-hmm. made much sense to me. I feel like there's stuff behind the scenes where like we're going to get through the season if whether you like it or not. But yeah, just some breaking news for you guys there. So on this episode, and like I mentioned earlier, um we're going to mix it up a little bit, shake it up because normally every week we talk football and every single game on the slate, which is fun to do and we could do that even just by sitting down without having the, you know, microphones on or anything like that or recording we could do that all day. but So I wanted to switch it up and make it a little different. And on this episode, we're going to go over pre- uh, contenders and pretenders in the NFL in both conferences. Um, I figured it would be a more fun way to have that conversation, keep it linear, and talk about one thing at a time. And then other episodes, we'll talk about some things going on in the league, what we see, what we don't see. But talking about every game at this point seems a little redundant. And it's like some games may not even mean as much as other games. So... We'll switch it up. I figured it's a better idea there. Um, so let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. Uh, Chris, I'm going to toss it over to you first. So that's kind of the tradition around here. I kind of hand the ball off to you and you take it from there. So um, <laughs> you pick whatever conference you want. Let's go over some, uh, we'll start with pretenders right now. I think that'd be a more fun conversation because any contender team, you could see their record and the way they played all year they make some buzz and you could easily point one out. But for pretenders, um, it could be a really, really good team that everyone's high on, and on paper they look great, but in reality they're not as great as we think they are. So let's go with pretenders. Pick whatever conference, and we'll sh- we'll go from there.
1: All right. Yeah. Sure. So I'll just start with the AFC. Okay. So just counting, just counting teams that are currently in the playoffs. Um, my, I have some pretenders. I would have. I, I think the Colts are. I think okay. The Titans.
0: Same division. I think
1: Titans and uh, I definitely think the the Browns, the Raiders. I'm on the fence about. Okay, those wait, are the three. So I, I believe.
0: Let's break it down a little bit. Because um, that's a lot of pretenders right there. And I'm glad you brought that up. But let's start with the Colts because that caught my eye right away. We're talking about a team with a phenomenal defense. It's been on the come up for a while now. And we're talking about a team that over the past couple of years have built their offense to a point where they got it down to a T, especially with their head coach, Frank Reich, who has been phenomenal the past couple of years. Andrew Luck retires. They kind of got to go with what they got, find a quarterback. They get Phillip Rivers um, and they go through the trials and errors with Jacoby um, Brissett um but they find a guy in, in a veteran um in Philip Rivers Uh, and he runs the offense. And at first you're kind of like, Oh, it's okay. But I feel like over the past couple weeks, they've kind of picked up the pace, but again, most of the weight is put on that defense and that defense is able to carry it and, uh, win them some games. Cause again, you remember early on in the season, first game and the only win that the Jaguars have is against the Colts. And then from there, they've kind of just been Mm -hmm. dominating. And, um, and at this point, the offense is able to carry some of their own weight too. So I feel like they're kind of balanced, but the weird thing is too, I kind of see where you're coming from because, um, they're not that great on the road, right? They get they're about three and two on the road. They're on a two game win streak right now. They're great at home. They're four and one. Um, I but like I mentioned, since that offense do, is starting to carry some weight, I feel like it's getting them towards the contender side. But overall, for me, I just don't see Philip Rivers carrying this team any farther than like the first round. What do you think?
1: Yeah, no, that that's my major issue. All the points you hit on, you know, around the defense. Yeah, you know, the, the offense is starting to pick it up a little bit, starting to play as a unit. You know, they have a lot of young guys around them, minus uh, I think T.Y. Hilton and, and Phillip Rivers are probably the, the old guys that are the main playmakers on that offense right now. Um, but you, overall, the, the thing, putting the game in Phil Rivers' shoulders, unfortunately, I just don't trust it. I mean, we've seen no. year in and year out, in the most crucial moments, he ends up throwing that pick or fumbling the ball or, or you know, getting that turnover not completing that, that first down pass. And, and it, it happens year after year after year. And, I mean, you know, if, if this was a once-in-a-while thing, I mean, I'm not going to discredit him. But I feel like even in, me, in pointless games, games that mean nothing, when it comes down to the wire, you know, you need that fourth down play. You know, they're already out of the playoffs in the Chargers. He's just now playing for the win and for some pride. And, and I feel like he throws that pick. Or he can't get the drive going. He can't get the offense going. And when, you, when it comes to playoff football, that's a whole different animal. And I feel like, you know, you have that defense and that defense can compete and they've shown they can compete with some of the top offenses. But I just don't think that offense is going to be able to, you know, keep it going with other offenses, even if they're handicapped against a great defense.
0: So it's, it's funny that you mentioned the Colts being a pretender. while well, at the same time, they're tied for first place with the Tennessee Titans. So you also have as a pretender um, and they're, <laughs> yeah. v- they're very similar in terms of record home and away splits as well. Um, someone's got to win this division and it's not going to be the Texans or Jaguars. They're already throwing in the towel. So it's like overall, who do you think comes out on top, even though both these teams are pretenders? Cause I do want to get into the Titans. I honestly think they are contenders. Um, but yeah, I kind of want you to speak your side of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, what it, what it comes down to honestly is I think that the, the Colts, both the Colts and the Titans can be very, you know, wishy-washy. They can both kind of have their really good games and then they have games where they look awful. Um, I mean, there are other teams that have that as well, but I just think that the Colts play less all over the place. I feel like you kind of know what you're going to get out of the Colts. Whereas the Titans, there are some games they can come out and, you know, they'll beat the the, the Chiefs and they look like this dominant team. And then they go against, uh, you know, like the Jaguars and they're, they're almost losing. It, it's, you never know what you're going to get out of them. And, and that's why I think the Colts are probably going to take that division. Um, just because it's a little bit more consistent, even though leaning on Philip Rivers can be risky. I just think, you know, you kind of, when, when you know, what you have and where, what kind of games you've been in recently, I feel like it's a little bit easier to prep than when you don't know what kind of offense or defense is going to go out on the field every week. So they do, up,
0: they do go up against each other this Sunday at one o'clock. Will that move the needle for you at all to find out who is the actual contender and who is the actual pretender?
1: Um, I mean, I, I think if this was, you know, we're going into week 12, if this was week 14 or 15, I think it would, would mean a little bit more. Uh, but, but, you know, right now, I think there's still a good amount of time to where even if, if like, you know, the, the loser, whoever loses, I still think they have a shot to take the division. There's still enough games, still enough time.
0: Did that Thursday night game sway you in any way, shape or form? Cause obviously the Colts were in position to kind of move forward and be like, all right, we run this division now. Cause they win 34 to 17. Obviously it was a special teams disaster for the, t- the Titans that night, but it's also a Thursday game. I feel like, um, I feel like, you know, it's hard to bet Thursday night games too. So uh, that's oh, a, yeah. a big reason behind that is because you, anything can happen on Thursdays, to be honest, like Mondays, you kind of, sometimes you you get exactly what you were expecting, but on Thursday it's almost like I wasn't expecting any of this. Like remember like Derrick Henry, 99 yard runs. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, like we see in this, in that game that happened on Thursday, it was like special teams falling apart. It's like, what is going on here on this Thursday night and again it's a short it's a short week like that's that's something we can't forget too so um, some teams don't get as prepared as they would have been if they had an actual full week to prepare but did that game move anything for you and is you know like I don't know because I feel like that game doesn't tell me as much as it should have I feel like for a lot of people the casual watcher they'll think the Colts are gonna take this division from that game alone.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, what you mentioned is, is some, I, I think it's somewhat relevant. I think it's important to mention, you know, how they, they were looking kind of sloppy and then their special teams kind of stepped up and that's really what ended up winning them the game. Um, I mean, one area that, that, you know, kind of you brought to my attention by mentioning that is, you know, that's another thing. The Colts, I feel like uh, on offense they, they find ways to win. You know, they have multiple running backs that they can utilize and, you know, fantasy-wise, it sucks to have one of them because, you know, if one isn't doing well, they just go right to the next one with, without batting an eyelash. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have T.Y. Hilton, who could be pretty reliable. He's that veteran presence. And Michael Pittman, in the last couple of weeks, has started to step in, and he's, he's actually looking pretty solid. Um, I mean, you got Pascal, I think it is.
0: It's Zach Pascal. Solid depth. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's a solid receiver in there. You know, great, great hands. He could just get it done. Um, I mean, it just kind of relies on Philip Rivers, but that, that offense, there's no really, there used to be just the T Y Hilton and that's who you kind of went to all the time. And I feel like there's no longer that one set guy. And I feel like that's all around with, with the Colts. There's really not one set person on offense or defense. I feel like overall they're pretty, you know, pretty, I wouldn't say loaded, but they're pretty, they're pretty deep. So I feel like that's kind of what helps them. Whereas with the Titans, I feel like, you know, if, if, Derrick Henry's not getting it going. The Tannehill has to start throwing. And on terms of in terms of that offense, AJ Brown usually is doing well, but he hasn't been playing great. So I feel like that's also why they've been iffy. I, I just feel like overall the, the Colts have a little bit better depth and and balance. So
0: I'm missing one big thing here, and I forgot to mention it, should have been mentioned a lot earlier, but I'm trying to connect the Titans and Colts being pretenders. And again, one of these pretenders has to win the division because they got the they're tied literally for first place. Um, but uh, again, I was in and out of, the, of this game, a little busy at the time, ended up being one of the better games of the week. Of course, that's the time I'm busy. Can't watch it, but Packers Colts, <laughs> Colts took that, took that game in overtime. Rodrigo Blankenship mm-hmm. hits the field goal. Um, what does, what does that kind of tell you there? Cause their, def, their defense held up pretty well. And again, Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw a lot of picks and he throws one in this game. And you know, like, I guess that's, that's kind of telling to me, but in any other given circumstances, you think the Packers would have won this game? Cause obviously I think they were the heavier favorites, I would say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They were definitely the favorites. And I mean, it's, it's another thing in regards to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is, is obviously still a great quarterback. There, there's no issues with him. Um, but I feel like he's kind of falling into that type of gameplay too, where he'll have some off games and he relies more on you know whether that be Aaron Jones or that ends up being Jamal Williams so I feel like he's he's a solid quarterback he's always going to go out there and you're always scared you know if you give him time at the end of the half or you give him time at the end of the the game you know you you are worried obviously you've seen what he can do but I feel like in in terms of that that team I feel like obviously you know they're they're very talented but I feel like still the lack of of players of depth on that roster is going to hurt them because, I mean, they have two solid running backs and they have Devontae Adams, but but you saw, you know, when they start to try to go to somebody else, it, it's not always reliable. I mean, they can have good games, but then, you know, outside of those two or three people, it, it gets a little tough. And then that's what happens when, you know, you, you draft the way they drafted you don't get help and that ends up you know looking at the all the receivers and everything that were drafted this year definitely would have been
0: a huge help definitely a big game for the colts though i would say what again to me we'll go over it in oh, a little yeah. bit i still think the titans are contenders i think the colts their offense is going to fall apart and it's like your defense can only hold up so so far again like i i keep thinking mm-hmm. about the the saying that you know offense wins games defense wins championships it's like your, your defense can only take you so far if your offense can't do it and i just don't think yep philip rivers run offense is is gonna do it for them but i think the titans are, are gonna no. steal the division but uh, anyways we got to move on from here uh who was your next uh pretender because you had some interesting the ones other... that kind of flew by me a little bit i was trying to slow yeah, you so down so the, you in the head?
1: One... <laughs> so the last one that i mentioned was the browns and then the raiders were the one that i was kind of on the fence with i'm not i'm not too sure
0: okay pick one which pick which one you want to go over first and why are they a pretender
1: Sure sure so I'll I'll pick the the team that I definitely picked which was the Browns. And the Browns are kind of, you know, the Browns are are partially why I'm not 100% sold on the Steelers as well, but obviously, you know, they're they're undefeated, they've been playing winning so I'm not going to call them a pretender
0: oh they're That's my pretender they're my pretender I was going to kind of like I, transition to that after you talked about the Browns but yeah yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're, I they're mean, on my list as a pretender and I'm sure people are like yeah it's easy to say like they're, they're obviously they're 10 and 0 and they are like how, how could they be pretenders and it's like why are you just hating on a undefeated team this doesn't happen that often obviously they're contenders but like mm-hmm. I have a couple reasons why but one big reason is the reason why i think they're a pretender and it's unfortunate because like a team that's 10 and 0 you should be thinking like oh they're going to the super bowl with no or like they're mm-hmm. winning but that's not the case here like it's the least talked about 10 and 0 team like i think ever because we don't see this every yeah, year people yeah. usually like peak at 4 and 0 and then the and then the tweets come 0. out that's like uh there are no longer any undefeated teams by like week five but like in this case mm-hmm. steelers made it pretty far but yeah go ahead
1: Yeah, so the reason that I want to mention the Browns, and it's going to be kind of similar for the Steelers, but the Steelers are a little bit different. Uh, But the Browns overall, I I just think the teams they're playing, they're just not, there's no competition. Not There's no, obviously, it's in the NFL. But in terms of what they're going to see come playoff time, I feel like that's going to be a rude awakening and a hard adjustment to go from what they're playing now into, you know, that type of intensity and that type of skill and and coaching experience and and so forth. I I think that's the major issue is is the competition that has been played throughout the season. I, I just don't think it's there to prove, oh yeah, you know, they definitely can can make it in the playoffs. So
0: the remaining schedule goes as follows, right? And I want to point something out, point something else out about their last three games also, but they got the Jags, Titans, Ravens, Giants, Jets, Steelers. And I can honestly see them beating the Jaguars, beating the Jets. It's going to be close with the Giants, but I don't think their defense holds up. And if, you know, I don't know how, <sighs> how well they do stacked up against the run because it's obviously a running, like a run first team and they got dual threat mm-hmm. backs in their backfield. And Stefanski likes to run the ball as we know, but, um, that could be close. So at most I could see them winning three games, maybe sneaking one, um, with the Ravens, depending on how like their progress goes the next couple weeks. So they can get one, mm-hmm. one, two, three out of the next five. That's what kind of makes me feel like they are contenders, but I can see what you're talking about. So I'll kind of split the difference here because their last couple games, the Raiders beat them 16 to six next week. They beat the Texans 10 to seven following that an awful Eagles team. Again, this was also in the rain um, and they've had some pretty bad weather um, the past couple mm-hmm. of games they've played. So that's probably a telling of that, but they beat them 22 to 17. So, Again, looking at their past couple games, it's very low scoring and it's like, it's kind of hard to tell if you think they're a contender or not because you're kind of waiting for that massive game where they could blow out a team. But I think honestly, they'll always have these close games and um, to to me, they're they're a contender. I think now that they got Nick Chubb back, they can get their groove going. Um, It doesn't really matter what Baker Mayfield does at this point because, you know, you think of his talent. And what they can do with him. But at the end of the day, their head coach, who's probably in like he's in the running for, for coach of the year, the fact that they're seven and three, they haven't had this type of record in a very long time. That's huge. So it's like they're going to stick with what's been working and that's running the ball. Um, and I, I, I don't know if I could see them slowing down there. And again, at home, they're phenomenal. Five and one at home, you know, they split the difference two and two on the road I think they will be contenders mostly because I think the Ravens are pretenders. So that's how kind of I, the way I see it. I'm surprised they didn't bring up the Ravens to be honest, because they have been very shifty all year. Like they haven't won. They've won. They've done better on the road than they've had at home, which is kind of bad. That's kind of the is to be at home. They're on a two game losing streak. Their record is in their favor, six and four for the Ravens. So it's like, I think the Browns are contenders. The fact that they can win possibly three of the next five and sneak another one in, they can, be, they can win another four games by the time the season ends. Meanwhile, the Ravens, um, if they continue to slip, then that leaves the Browns in contention to be in the playoffs, and they're definitely in the hunt. Um, but what is your biggest reason why? Because they're pretenders. It's because, like you said, it's like th- they just haven't shown you much. And I kind of mentioned that with the last couple games, but it's like, why, why for the most part, what do you see in the game and the game plans, the defense offense? What do you see that makes them pretenders?
1: Yeah, I mean, I just feel like in general, uh, I mean, I, I guess over the last couple of weeks, they've had injuries and, and, you know, people are slowly starting to come back and come back from the COVID list and so forth. But I just feel like, you know, looking at this team and even going back, you know, maybe a year or two, you look at all the weapons that this team has, and you think, oh, okay, like, this this team could be an offensive juggernaut. Defensively, you know, they were young guys, drafting young, bringing over people, and then they were really starting to build up that defense, but offensively, with the guys that you have, you're figuring, wow, this team is going to be scoring and scoring and scoring, and as we just mentioned, it's that's not happening. So I just – I just – in in shock and i'm just not happy that with the amount of weapons that they have they still you know they can run the ball and it works and i know odell is now no longer in right right at the moment with his torn acl and so forth but still i feel like they have you know the the talent i feel like they're just not utilizing it
0: No, and they also haven't even, yeah, they didn't use Odell at all when he was around too. And you figured as much, because again, we talked about Stefanski on the show, even when he was with the Vikings, right? Because he utilized Mm -hmm. Alvin Cook, he brought him back into form, you know, he tore his ACL to know what he'd be like when he came back and he's continuing to this day being a stud. And they had um, Gary Kubigak in the system, I guess, not under... Stefanski, but he was in a position where like, listen, Stefansky's going to get a head coaching job after this. So if, as long as Kubiak knows the kind of system that Mike Zimmer wants to run and what Stefanski did and where the success was, um, that's what they'll go with. So, and it was kind of a perfect storm for him to go to the Browns. Cause it's like, they have that backfield. He's going to use that to his advantage. And, Listen, when you do put the ball in Baker's hands, it's not going to work as much. And I think their record would be a lot different if they did throw the ball a lot more. So I think them running the ball is definitely in their favor for the most part, because they would not be seven and three at this point. Like, let's let's be honest. If if Baker were throwing 40 times a game, just just or 35 to 40 times a game, it's just not going to happen. No, not at all. So they're sticking to what they know. I kind of like it, but I see where you're coming from. I want to talk about my pretender, that being the Ravens. I touched on them mm-hmm. a second ago. Um, I think a lot of people can point out why they're pretenders. Like again, they came out hot to start the season, right? Beating the Browns. Then they beat the Texans. But knowing what we know now, the Texans aren't that great. And, you know, I guess, I guess, I guess the Ravens always come out with a bang in the beginning of the season. I guess like most teams mm-hmm. aren't really as prepared as they think they were going to be when Lamar Jackson steps out on the field and you forget how fast he is. It's like, oh yeah, that's that's why. Chiefs beat them, Super Bowl champs. No one's really batting an eye, and the and this is where you start to ask questions because in week three you're like they're down fourteen by like the time the game ends, and it's like if. You can only win with the lead with Lamar Jackson because he he, he can't throw the ball that well. And I feel like his Mm -hmm. MVP year, you kind of saw, especially that like that crazy game they had. I think I forgot. I think it was a Monday night game against the the Rams. Right. That kind of showed off like, yes, I am the MVP because he threw the ball, ran the ball. He did it all. And now you just don't see it as much. Like he's not utilizing, he's utilizing Hollywood Brown as much. They bring in Des Bryant. How much is that going to change anything? Cause he's not throwing the ball. So he throws to the guy that's closest to the line and that's uh, Mark Andrews. He's not even having that stellar of a year. He's uh, Lamar Jackson has been saying that, you know, people want us to lose. He said in other interviews that people are starting to figure it out. So I think that's going to be a trend and not even just for this year. Being a pretender, I think going into the next couple of years, people are just going to have his game figured out and the Ravens are going to be at a stand a standstill and not know how to really improve and how to change their game plan because Lamar Jackson's one dimensional. Like we talk about a guy like Kyler Murray on the Cardinals. You know, you think of the Hale Murray throw, the fact that he could mm-hmm. run, run a lot. He, you could see what, like, if he just starts throwing a little bit, maybe works on a thing he, like here and there, he could be the dual threat to the highest degree. As for Lamar Jackson, the ceiling is running the ball, being elusive, play action and, um, you know, just running the ball like a menace. And obviously that, you know, people aren't prepared for it the first time around. But like you said, people are calling the plays and everything like that. They beat Washington, beat the Bengals. You know, they're bidding up on some bad teams, kept it close with the Eagles. And it's like, I just I don't see a team like this making it as far i i, I mean, again I, I, the, they'll be competitive in this division it's a very very competitive division but um if it comes to a point where they're down by a bundle and they can't come back because they can't throw it's like how far can you really get you yeah, I don't I don't know if that's enough to make it to a Super
1: Bowl no I, I yeah I don't I don't think that it's gonna be you know I I, I think honestly I think Last year was that year that they had to where it's like, all right, we're going to make that playoff push. We're going to get far. We're going to, you know, do what we can do. And unfortunately, it really didn't pan out well for them last year, the playoffs. And now looking at it this year, like you said, you know, apparently defenses are, you know, calling out the plays that they're going to run. And they they know the system and, and they know how to prep for it. And that's, that's just not good. When, when the defense is calling out what you're going to do, I mean, that that's either uh, that's just poor play calling that, you know, you're that predictable. I mean, I know that there's only so much you can do, but, but still, I mean, he, he's too one dimensional, like you mentioned. If he's down, I mean, everybody compares him the way he plays and shiftiness and all that to, to Michael Vick, and I know he broke some records and so forth. But the main difference between him and Vic is Vic could throw.
0: Vic could throw the ball. His most famous video on the Eagles where he tosses it from the 20 to the other 20. So it's like, it's a big, big difference there.
1: Exactly. So, I mean, they had the same speed. They had the same elusiveness and the same dynamic, you know, game-changing plays, game-changing speed. But the main difference is, is as Vic started to, you know, get older and older, he was still quick. He's still fast. He's still elusive. You don't lose that. But... You know he just wasn't as quick and fast and elusive, and him having an arm kept him in the league, even following him, you know going moving on from the Falcons and then having to you know serve his time and then come back and ended up playing you know little stints here and there after. I, I think that's the only reason he ended up coming back into the league is because he, he was that dynamic player and he can throw. you know if if you take out, like you mentioned, you take you take the lead away and Lamar Jackson can't throw, that's a serious issue. And that's a long-term issue. And then I don't know how you're going to fix that. That's,
0: honestly. that's why I think they're pretenders for a while, unless they make a big change somewhere, they mix it up. Um, I don't see that happening, but, um, I, I want to talk about this. So this is going to sound very weird. I didn't even think about this earlier because now that I look at the standings in front of me, it just doesn't make sense what I'm about to say, but I think the Browns <laughs> are contenders. Cause yes, they are seven and three, but I like how they run the ball. They don't have to trust Baker Mayfield as much. We went through this already. Right. So I think that's a big upside for them, but, the only reason I think that obviously the Steelers are going to run away with this division. It's there's no question. Mm-hmm. And they're going to head into that AFC championship game. And who are they going to go up against? Right. Tell me, who are they going up against?
1: Who the Steelers are going against?
0: Who, if and then they get to the AFC championship game, it's,
1: mm-hmm. it's going to be the
0: Chiefs. So you get to that point, you're not winning that game. No, they're not. Absolutely not. So that's the only reason why I think they're pretenders. And listen, they can have one of the best seasons the franchise has ever had. They can win every single game moving forward, which is in question, right? Again, I think the closest game that they would have had, you know, um, this, the Ravens are very on and off. And again, now they have the uh, COVID situation within their organization right now. So who knows that's how that's going to affect them on Sunday. Um, and obviously, I think a Thanksgiving game versus a regular Sunday game, there's a big difference there. Um So we'll have to see on Sunday how that plays out. I still think the Steelers have like so much depth and so many weapons, both sides of the ball that they could use to win that game. And the fact that the Ravens are on a decline doesn't help either. So I think they could win that game, but it still can be close because they played close um, their last um, divisional game. But then Washington after that, Bills, Bengals without Joe Burrow now, Um, the Colts, that could be a close game two two days after mm-hmm. uh, Christmas. And then they finish off with the Browns. There could be one. Like, again, I don't want to throw out 16 and zero right away. We all want to do that. Cause there's literally, they haven't lost the game so far and they made it this far in the season that's happened before. But I think in re- realistically they lose maybe one or two games. They let one slip. But, um, yeah still a phenomenal season, but you go into that AFC championship game against the chiefs. I think the chiefs are too much of a powerhouse and it showed, um, when the chiefs faced the Raiders, right? That Pat Mahomes on any given situation, you get like, uh, Andy Reid said, you give him a minute and a half. And if it, if it comes down to being a close game, Pat Mahomes is going to get it done. And, uh, the way the chiefs have been playing, even though they have that one loss against the Raiders, we all know about divisional games that can be close and both were Raven Raiders even came out with a win against the chiefs mm-hmm. this year. Other than that, they would be in the same discussion as being undefeated if that didn't happen. So I just think that Steelers can do everything they want. They could have the best record in all of the NFL. Meanwhile, the chiefs who we already know are good, aren't being talked about and they head into that game and it's I'm not going to say an easy W, but it's almost chalked up. Like, you know, the chiefs are just too much of a powerhouse offensively. The, the, if, if anything, they're going to go down putting up 50. But um, <laughs> I, I just don't see them losing that. That's the only reason why I think the Steelers are pretenders. And it's unfortunate because it's a team like the Steelers who have so much depth, both sides of the ball, like I mentioned before, should be able to win a championship. But I think the Chiefs are just going to be running the NFL the next couple of years. Because seriously, what I've seen from the Chiefs this year, almost flawless. I don't know if you've seen anything that's worse, but they take over at home take over on the road. It's just, uh, I I just don't see them losing.
1: Yeah. I mean, and honestly, if I, if we're looking at the Steelers, I mean, as of right now, they got to me, they need to hope that, you know, they can keep that first round by, by being that one seed, because, you know, I, I just feel like as much as some of these, these teams that we mentioned, some of them, you know, they can be pretenders and so forth. I mean, you're looking at some of the teams that are currently in the playoffs. You got the Raiders. And even though they, they can be iffy, they did take down the Chiefs. So they they have potential to, you know, take down those big teams. They don't just back down, especially, you know, having Gruden, who has won a Super Bowl and has taken teams to the playoffs and so forth. He has experience there to, to do that. I mean, you, you look at the Browns. It's a division game. That's a playoff game if that ends up happening. Who knows what happens? Division games are crazy and, and you, you never know. I mean, and then the, the Titans, it, it's going to be a little bit, I, I think that's a little bit more in the Steelers' favor. The Colts, it's going to be just two defensively battling teams and, and I personally like the Steelers' offense a little bit better. But even the Bills, I think, are, are a threat to the Steelers. I think not only just the Chiefs. I think there's, you know, a solid two or three other teams that, that could be a, a real threat to them come playoffs.
0: Yeah, so like I mentioned, I don't want to crown them as pretenders, but I every time I think about that team making it far and they go up against the Chiefs, which is ultimately what's going to end up happening, I, I just like they could put up a game, who knows? But I feel like at the end of the day, the Chiefs are just going to take it, and we're back to where we were last year, where the Chiefs are just going to make a run and win a Super Bowl because they have everything in the palm of their hand right now to win at the moment.
1: Well, yeah, and that's the barring any bad
0: injury, obviously.
1: Exactly. And I mean, you think of the last team that went 16 and 0 was was the the, the Patriots. And, you know, when you think back then, if you thought, oh, okay, you know, any team to play in the playoffs, you didn't think anyone stood a shot to take down the Patriots when, you know, they were 10 and 0 at the time. And it's like, oh, man, what's going to happen? I'd be, you know, teams were scared to go there. Now, you know, we're talking about the Steelers who were 10 and 0 and we're thinking, you know, they should be scared of other teams. And, and that's just that's just weird to think about. But I, I understand. I, I agree with you. So um, I heard you say
0: the Raiders are pretenders. And I think they are contenders um, for any team in the NFL. It doesn't matter about their division. Um, but what is your reasoning for them being a pretender?
1: Well, I was split. So I think that they're pretenders. Just because of the inconsistency, I just don't like the inconsistency. I feel like they're too, like I said earlier, wishy-washy. Um, they'll they'll play really good in some big games, which you know, again, come playoff time, they're big games. So if you can step up when it matters, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. Um, but I, I just don't. I, I feel like the I feel like just Derek Carr can be on and off. I feel he's like he's had a
0: great year though man like listen like last year's has, Derek Carr maybe we're having a conversation but this year he's playing a little different I like the way he's been playing he
1: is he's, he's been playing better I mean you know what's what's crazy to think about is one of their better receivers right now is Nelson Aguilar which is weird to say you know thinking about a year or two back from what you know the reputation he had but you know he's playing well Um, I, I I think right now that that offense is kind of running through Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs.
0: And and that's that's working. So just imagine they get another receiver going into next year's draft. Again, Henry Mm -hmm. Ruggs has helped them a lot this year, regardless of being injured or not. He has stretched the field. He has made guys hold him resulting in flags, them getting better field position and, capping it off with some scores on certain drives. So I think he's going to be helpful in the future, regardless if he's going to be great or not. I think people were like, Oh, this guy's so talented coming out of the draft. That's like, Oh, such a good pick. He's going to be the best wide receiver. I just think wherever he was going to go, depending on what kind of quarterback he had, um, if he had like an Aaron Rodgers or something, he would be the top echelon of wide receivers right now. He'd be, he'd probably be having a Justin Jefferson type year, Mm -hmm. but, but, since he's in a system like the Raiders, um, they don't have that second guy that could be a giant threat. Like, they have their slot guy in Hunter Renfro, right? They have Nelson Aguilar, Mm -hmm. who they signed this offseason, who will make a little bit of a difference. But seriously, like, you bring in Ruggs, he he could stretch the field. And you just gotta... Again, he's gonna be helpful. I wouldn't say it's a bad draft pick. Looking back, I think you should get a more... Like, somewhat of a more, like game-changing wide receiver because then he could really, really be a threat on offense. But I think they're in a better position now. So going into that draft, they could take their time, take a receiver, build up defensively and just become a powerhouse because um, if they have that other guy, um, I think the fact that Derek Carr having a good year in general, adding on to having a weapon, these guys could be contenders for the next couple years to come. Um, obviously anything could happen in the NFL. So we don't know, but I understand where you're coming from. They have been wishy washy all year long and it's because they can only run it, run the offense through two people. Their offensive line has been in and out due to COVID issues. Mm -hmm. They've already been disciplined by the league for those issues. But coming up on Sunday against the Falcons, got the Jets after. I think they could clearly beat the Jets. Falcons, it's kind of up in the air, but I think the Raiders have the slight edge. So they end up having a a two-game winning streak, possibly. Because again, I could see the Falcons winning that game. But for some reason, my eye is on the Raiders to really take advantage of that game. Then Colts, Chargers, tough games there. Ending the season with Dolphins Broncos. So it it could sway either way. I could see where you're coming from. I think I want to play this out, see their level of play the rest of the year. But, um, it's the fact that their division is kind of trash and the Chargers shouldn't be trash. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess it gives them a slight edge. So I see where you're coming from there too, but I like the Raiders this year coming into this year too. Uh, again, the only thing you don't want to happen is and obviously anything with COVID and injuries and Josh Jacobs had even last year was vic- fallen victim to injury has been healthy all year, has been a reliable weapon for them. Wall two, We're talking about a signing that's worth every penny. Um, again, just got to get that, get some weapons in there. So I, so I, I think they're a work in progress, but as of right now, I think they're already contenders already. So imagine them, them upgrading one or two places. Um, I, I like the Raiders.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have an issue with them. I just think they, I think they have the talent. I think they have the the coach to do it. I think they just need to, you know, start playing a little bit better. And like you said, I think what that's going to fall on is is getting some more weapons out offense. I think once you start adding some more depth, I think then they're able to play. You know, maybe one or two looks aren't there. You don't have to really force it. And you don't have to feel like you know you have to rely on just two guys. And I think that's going to you know help in the consistency moving forward.
0: Yeah, so I could definitely see them being pretenders now if that offense doesn't hold up the way they want to. But I don't think a lot of teams have really figured out their system in terms of stopping, again, the two guys who we're talking about. Derek Carr passing to Darren Waller or handing it off to Josh Jacobs because he's not a passing down back. He'll give them 30 carries, you know, a game, 25 Mm -hmm. to 30 carries, and you won't look back. But isn't it crazy the flip in – someone like like a head coach like john gruden went from like this dude signed an overpaid contract only to suck and now it's like he's really building something here he's had some statement wins like that primetime game against the saints that was huge obviously the saints Mm -hmm. are a different team now than they were then but at the time you're like the saints are winning this game and that, Mm -hmm. that and i feel like that's when everything turned it's like listen the raiders can they can compete when they need to so
1: And and that's the thing. That's why I was split between pretender and contender because like you just said, they can win those big games when they have to. So it's kind of like, well, which Raiders are we going to see today?
0: Right. And, uh, I think the bills are contenders. I'm not going to go into big tangent Mm -hmm. about them. I think they're going to run away with this division. Obviously the dolphins are going to be competitive, but if the team that's in second place is in a position where they have the rookie quarterback in, which is great but to the point where it's like all right, he's not doing as great. Let's put Brian Fitzpatrick in there and like like you need to have a definitive guy in there. You can't be switching people out. And I guess I mm. shouldn't really question what you know, Brian Flores is doing with that team cuz he has done so well and I think they could be big contenders in the future. This year I think there is a little bit of growing pains. Last year was kind of like it's a newborn, they're figuring it out. Tanking for Tua, they did it. But now it's like we got to make sure Tua is actually good. But I think mm-hmm. the bill, Bills are the most complete. Um, their yeah. last loss, take away that Kyler Murray, Hail Mary, and the DeAndre Hopkins catch. Um, they only got two losses, and uh, it's mm-hmm. just, they're just so electric. Love watching Josh Allen. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks right now. Um, regardless of all his mistakes, he'll come back and punch you in the mouth even harder. And make and honestly make you forget that he had two fumbles a second ago and put up like four passing touchdowns or something. Um, I think they're a real contender. The Bills. Um, as for the rest of the division, I went over my pretenders, but uh, yeah, my pretenders are the Colts, the Steelers for reasons I mentioned. I barely feel like saying it. Um, <laughs> pretender is the Ravens. Uh, it's, I think the uh, I think for everyone else is just. Pretender, uh, just a uh, contender. So I think the bills are contenders, obviously. Um, I think the Raiders are contenders regardless of having the chiefs in the same division. Um, Browns, I think are contenders, but obviously I think the Steelers are running away with the division. I think they're playing really, really well. Cause looking back a couple years ago, it was always chalked up as an automatic loss for, for Browns games. And it was very easy mm-hmm. to pick, pick and play players and in, in fantasy, or if you're doing DFS to go, just go up against the Browns and that's not the case anymore. So I think they're contenders, especially for this year, considering that the Ravens are pretenders also. So that's kind of my list there. Mm. Anything yeah, else you I mean, wanted to cover in the AFC
1: before we move AFC? on to the NFC? Cause
0: we got, we got to get no. a move on.
1: No, no, I think, uh, I think I'm all, all good on the AFC.
0: So I'm going to start off here and say that, listen, I know the Eagles got a tie But they're absolutely (laughs) terrible. They're absolutely terrible. And honestly, in that game, Doug Marone was like, I'll take the tie. Like you could you could see them concede and take the tie because they're that bad. It's like if you really believe in your team, you try to get the W. You need Ws. That's what's gonna help you in this in in the league. But in this division specifically in the NFC East, that tie is gonna is gonna work wonders. We're gonna see what they do oh, against yeah. the Seahawks on Monday. But I think as of right now, the Giants are contenders. I don't know how you feel about them. I don't know what your list is at right now. I wanted to throw this out first because I think regardless of what happens on Thanksgiving tomorrow, also the. You know the uh, Washington and the Cowboys. I honestly think, regardless of who wins that game, because obviously they're going to move up a slot because the Giants don't play till Sunday, and someone's going to move down. I still think the Giants and within their next couple games can make some statements just by that defense alone. And I think their offense can be electric when you need it to, regardless of who's in and who's out, because I think that their line's getting better. I think Danny Dimes isn't uh, turning the ball over as much. Um, But, you know, anything can happen within these next within these next couple games. But I just think at this point, it's almost like the Giants division to lose unless Washington kind of picks up the pace, which they might. And I'm going to learn a lot tomorrow uh, when I watch their game. But um, I think they're a contender. Oh, but again going past going past this division because everyone's making the playoffs this year we mentioned 14 teams um they're not going to make it far after that but that'll be huge for a team like that that's young a lot of young players a new head coach if they get some, a little bit of playoff experience if they kiss a wild card round and they just you know they hang in there for a second maybe a first round exit that's going to help them going into next year. I think the Giants are, are contenders, and if the Eagles do make it out, it's purely because of that tie.
1: Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. I do honestly. I, I You asked me maybe four weeks ago, probably wouldn't agree with you with the Giants, but as of recent, no, I, I agree. I think I think that they, they definitely can take this division. Their, uh, their defense is starting to step up. They're on a two-game win streak. And the two games, they you know, I think a big reason why they're on that two-game win streak is, as you mentioned, Danny Dimes is not turning the ball over. And I said that you know when when we would talk with Mark and so forth, I'd be talking to him and I'd say, look, he's turning the ball over and costing them games. If he would not turn the ball over, maybe even not as much, maybe you know once, one time he throws a pick or he fumbles once or so forth. Like you know, it happens. Every quarterback has has those games where they turn the ball over. But you know, then then you go in and, and you get it back but I felt like he just kept making too many turnovers and too many crucial moments. And these last two weeks, um, I mean, I know they are both in division and this division has not been the best, but no mistakes on his end in terms of crucial interceptions or fumbles or whatever. Yeah. Two games in a and, row. That's huge, huge. And, and they got the win. So yep. I think, you know, I think that's what it is. I think it's just not playing sloppy. And I think the defense has been playing great. So I think, you know, they definitely they definitely have a very, very strong chance of, of winning that division. Did you have Unlike a you said, contender in this division at all? Um, I personally think it would be between, if I had to choose. Um, it would you don't be have to have there. one.
0: I just didn't know if you had one in mind for this division because someone's going to nah, come out on top.
1: You yeah, know. Nah, it, it, I, my favorite is is the Giants, but I, I think, you know, I I think that the last game of the season between them and Dallas is going to be, you know, the difference maker. I think it could be them or Dallas that that makes it out on top.
0: Right. Um, You want to just rattle off who are – this is, again, this is an interesting division too because I've spoken to you about this before. Um, The NFC overall is exciting, but at the same time, like, there's like – it's very, very close also in some divisions. So just rattle off who are your contenders in this division. And then we'll flip to the contenders. Right. I mean, yeah, so,
1: so the contenders I have, I think the saints, I think the Packers, um, mm. and, and I, I, I think the, uh, I think the Cardinals.
0: Okay. They're currently third in their division right now. Could totally see where you're coming from there. Pick where you want to start. Um, in terms of pretenders, why are they, I mean, why are they contenders? Excuse me.
1: Sure, sure. So I'll start with the Saints just on top.
0: Uh, the reason I'm sure I'm it hurts Saints, you to say that, by the way.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. But the reason I, I think that, you know, I, you have to give them credit. Overall, just with injuries and so forth, they they had injuries with Michael Thomas. Now they're dealing with injuries with Drew Brees. And overall, I mean, they're, they're still making it work. Does Is it pretty? Not always, but it's still working. They're still eight and two. They're still the number one seed. And I mean, you know, if, if this team was doing this where, you know, they might win sloppy uh, and it was all their starters, then maybe I'd be a little bit worried. Uh, but the fact that they're able to just kind of plug people in to, to wherever they need them and they're still getting those wins out, uh, to me, that's scary because that means, you know, when, when it comes playoff time, it, it doesn't matter, you know, because as we mentioned, COVID is a very real issue going on in the league and who knows come playoff time if there's going to be people still not playing because of COVID. So if you're going to have players that can't play because of COVID or maybe they're banged up and you know you're seeing the Saints play the way that they're playing even with guys that they just have to plug in for that week that's a scary team, in my opinion. I agree. And I feel they're, like their defense has been playing well, too.
0: I agree. They are contenders. And I was just going to mention their defense has been playing lights out recently. And it's, it's always the start to start the season pretty iffy on defense. And I kind of hate that mm-hmm. because it's like if they just came out off the ground running and they had that from the beginning. Going into the playoffs, it wouldn't be that big of an issue. Obviously, flips get switched when they get into the playoffs. But um, I know we're talking contenders right now. But in right now, I think the Buccaneers are pretenders. And I think yep. heading into the playoffs, they're going to have the advantage there. Because, listen, it's not a surprise that I'm saying the Buccaneers are pretenders. I mean, look at what they did on... It was yep. it was Monday. Monday Night Football. Uh, yep, Monday. That it was just... You know, you give the GOAT, Tom Brady, all these weapons and coming into the year, you don't need anything else. You're all set. This defense has been building for the past couple of years. You're bringing everyone back. Offense has the, if you were to put like last year, if you were to rank the top 10 receivers, I think Mike Evans and Chris Godwin would both be some, be somewhere in that top 10 and they're both on the same team and he comes in. Brings in Antonio Brown, who we doesn't need, considering that he already had these guys. And again, there's injuries here and there. Maybe you want to have that security blanket, sure but um, big move bringing in Antonio Brown and they still kind of they still can't get it done doesn't matter if they're seven and four uh, Panthers are dealing with injuries the Falcons have been just brutal to brutal to watch you know tough mm-hmm. tough losses games where it's like are they even playing the same sport they lose their head coach it just kind of puts them in the upper echelon of you know, take like, trying to compete for this division. But in reality, I think they're pretenders, but talking about contenders, which we wanted to start with, I think the saints, again, like you said, plugging in and out players and bringing in Taysom Hill, which was a big statement, um, you know, bring, cause you brought in Jameis in case of any scenarios like this would happen to Drew Brees. And you put in Taysom Hill, who is known as the human flex, um, mm-hmm. and they're still able to win games. I think that's dangerous within itself. And Drew Brees will be coming back at some point also. So we'll have to see where they go from there too. Uh, I feel like that's a very obvious pretender um, for the Packers, though. They play the Bears on Sunday night. Um, the Packers have been a little wonky recently, and not because of that Colts loss. Because I think a lot of I think it could have gone either way for sure. But out of I wouldn't say out of nowhere because people did know this before. But I feel like starting at that game against the Vikings where Dalvin Cook just demolished their run game, you kind of really you're kind of everyone's starting to kind of highlight that now where their running game is just absolutely terrible. Like on the defensive side, their their run defense is just terrible. Um and that might be their kryptonite this year. I think in the division they kind of got it down packed, but do you think Going into the playoffs, will they continue to be contenders? Because, yes, you can be a contender when you're number one in your division. But going into the playoffs, can they hold up like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think what's very interesting is they're kind of playing offense very similar to the way the Raiders are playing. You know, they have their quarterback. But then on top of that, that, they have their number one, Devontae Adams, who has been playing phenomenal this year. You know, he's like, a, he's a touchdown machine. And then, you know, when, when you need Aaron Jones, I feel like he can play great. So I feel like those are obviously the two focal points of, of that offense. And everybody else kind of just fills in. Um, I, but I think the difference and why I would lean more for contenders for them and why I was on the fence in terms of the Raiders was just because, I mean, you have Aaron Rodgers and I feel like, you know, yeah. it's, it's a little cliche, you, you, you know, whatever it, it ends up happening. But in my opinion, when you have Aaron Rodgers out there, he has shown, you know, especially this year, they went out and didn't get him any help. Like I mentioned a little bit earlier. And he's just like, okay, I'm just going to go out and ball out anyway. And they're seven and three and they, you know, they, they've had injuries. They've had problems. They, you know, they're, they're, they're having issues. They're not having anybody really receiving wise behind Devonte Adams. There's a big drop off there and he's still making it work. So I feel like that's scary within itself, kind of similar to what I said with the saints to, you know, you just plug somebody in and they'll make, they'll, they'll make it by, they'll, they'll get the win, no matter sloppy or, or non, and they're going to get the win. But I feel like it's kind of similar with, with the Packers. And I also feel like last year, you know, getting embarrassed in the championship game, I think that was a wake up call more for, for LaFleur, you know, being a new coach, being young and and really, you know, not having that experience, not having that expertise and and that background in that area. I feel like now just going through that type of scenario and, and, you know, having that under your belt, it, it just takes away that stress of that game because you've been there before now. And so I feel like it's just more of a motivator.
0: So obviously, I think that a lot of people listening to this are probably like, obviously, these two teams that you named so far are contenders. They're both first in the division. I gave my reasoning why the Saints are contenders. And again, the Bucks I just think, are the definition. If you look in the dictionary as pretenders oh, yeah. right now, yeah. considering oh, yeah. that they kind of, you know, they're looking to the win it all right now, and it's they're not even getting close to it. And I think we even said it in the offseason, even though that's not surprising either. It's not a hot take whatsoever that mm-hmm. it's just going to be too much for them to handle early on. Again, we can't, we didn't predict if Antonio Brown was going to be signed at some point. It would be the box that he'd go to. But um, even with him, it doesn't move the needle whatsoever. And I'll mention this. Because um, I want, I wanted to get into you know the NFC North and like how the Packers are contenders, stuff like that, blah blah blah. But it's the fact that have you seen recently that Bruce Arians is doing the same thing he did with Jameis, where he just throws the quarterback under the bus again. Oh yeah, I he's have been. All off, time. I have been off the Arians train for a while. I when he was with the Cardinals, I didn't see it as a problem. But um, coming in with the Bucks, it's like I don't know how he's. Like he hasn't been handling it, this head coaching gig that, that well, in my eyes. I don't know if I'm like in oh, the minority
1: no. here, but. No, no, I, I think, um, you know, overall, he's not wrong in what he's saying. You know, I'm not going to fault him and say he's, he's wrong, but it's just not the way you handle it. You don't no. go out and handle it the way he's doing it. I mean, he's not wrong. Tom Brady has been inconsistent and hasn't been great, and that's definitely a big part of why you know they, they lost some of the games they lost even though they should have won. But you don't go out and blast your quarterback, let alone you know a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback that's been dominant over the last you know 20 years. You just don't do that. That's the equivalent of you know John Fox, going out there at the end of Peyton Manning and just being like, yeah, no, he's, he's just playing awful. Like you just don't do that.
0: Yeah. I don't know if that, what kind of coaching strategy that is. Don't like it, but that <laughs> makes him even, an even bigger pretender in my mind. I don't like the book in yours at all, but um uh, going yeah, back to no. the Packers. Cause again, that was just an example of what I'm talking about. Another team first in their division. Why are they contenders? Because I don't know what your list looks like, but everyone else in the NFC North is, is pretenders. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I'm looking at it right now and I'm like, I've never seen like something like this where everyone's a pretender. Bears (laughs) are probably, if you can't find the bucks in the dictionary, I think the bears bears are are also, they're right right there. (laughs) Like as maybe as like a synonym for, for pretenders, (laughs) but, um. Also, the the Vikings too, right? They they have an offense that can win games, but they don't do it. They lose in old fashioned Vikings ways. They beat themselves. And as for the Lions, same story every year. It's just, um, you know, ever since Matt Patricia came in, I I didn't like him from the jump. I didn't I remember he was in conversations to be the Giants head coach, and that could, very well could have happened. But we look at what he has done with Detroit. Um, I'm not sure if we'll be out of there. This year again with COVID and everything like that, I don't know if people are looking to fire coaches unless your name is Adam Gase. But uh, Matt Matt Patricia just hasn't done it for me, and um, I feel like they could have this year coming into this year again. We we didn't know if Aaron Rodgers was going to be the Aaron Rodgers we're going to see this year. Um, Nick Foles didn't move the needle for me as much with the Bears. We were kind of like, is he going to have that Philly type year? But I think he can only do that in Philly. And the Vikings are looking to have a regression from the jump, as we're seeing right now. And I thought the Vikings could have really been competing. And again, it's close because, listen, the Bears 5-5, five and five, Vikings and Lions both 4-6. and six. So they could make a push at some point. But going into Thanksgiving, they got a lot of injuries. Doesn't help their case at all. Um, Matt Stafford is hurt every week. His talent's just being put to waste out there in Detroit. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, all those teams, clear-cut pretenders. Were there were there any of those teams pretenders in your book? Because to me, all of them are except the Packers.
1: Yep, no, I agree with exactly what you said.
0: All right, good. <laughs> but let's get into, into the juicy stuff here. So we got in the NFC West. Um, your contender is the Cardinals. Um, very yes. good pick there. I think a lot of people would uh, hop on that uh, train with you. Um, but as of right now, after that loss to the Seahawks, puts them in third place right now in a very competitive division. Um, again, Seahawks, Rams, both tied for first place currently. Rams are a little bit on the up and up after beating the Buccaneers. But ultimately, you think the Cardinals, do you think they could steal the division or are they just contenders like as a team overall in the NFL?
1: I mean, I never really. I, I would have to look more at their schedules. I didn't look too deep into it. I think there's a chance that they could actually take the division. Um, but you know, I was just talking more contender-wise. of I, I think they'll they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll be all right.
0: Well, already then. Well, a pre- <laughs> my isn't it? It's I. The Seahawks are my pretenders, and I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals are a contender also in my book too. I think everyone would be out of their mind not to think that. Um, obviously you could dig deep and think like Kyler Murray, maybe he's not going to get them far enough. Listen, their defense has been playing significantly better also, even though mm-hmm. they were awful the past couple weeks, they've been getting better. That offense has been getting better also. Um Seahawks. It's just that defense, dude. It's that yeah, that's defense. my issue too. You want to talk about a Ferrari in some old crap shed in your backyard. That is Russell Wilson.
1: Oh yeah. And it's 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 sad because it's, they have they have him and He's not in the have,
0: MVP discussion anymore. I'm hearing more Kyler Murray than Russell Wilson now.
1: I know. And, so. and then you have DK, you have Tyler Lockett, you have Chris Carson who's been doing pretty well. I mean he's had his injuries, had, he's been out for a little bit. Yeah, I mean they had Greg Olson who was just reliable, old reliable. Uh Disley could be all right. But you know, you're just looking at the the two receivers have just been playing phenomenal. And you know they, they you, Russell Wilson was in the MVP talk. It was just looking so great. And then I feel like what changed everything for me and where it kind of started to, to downtrend is when they played the the bills. I feel like Wilson had four turnovers. They ended up make, keeping it close but still not winning. And I feel like from that point on, Wilson just has not been the same. And, and I, defense, he, he can't carry all the weight, great, man. It
0: help. sucks. It sucks. He can't do everything. Um, yeah,
1: and that's what it is. That defense is... Yeah. is they're Abismal. historically bad. Abysmal. They're on pace to give up the most yards and points in a season ever. <laughs> and, and to think, you know, a couple years ago, within five, six years ago, within the last decade they were the the best defense in the league yeah the legion of
0: (laughs) and and that fell apart so fast so fast Oh,
1: one piece fell and then it was just all gone we were talking about Russ having phenomenal
0: years with an awful line which he's had a bad line for a very, very long time running for his life. Mm -hmm. And having Doug Baldwin, you know, Tyler Lockett's still transitioning from a punt returner to a wide receiver. You know, he didn't have Mm -hmm. much. Now he's got DK, Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett has become his number one option. DK is also a number one option. They could rotate every game. And all of that is almost for nothing. Mm -hmm. Again, seven and three, we're not talking about an awful record for a team that should be good. But that defense almost brings them down to a below 500 team, to be quite honest with you.
1: Yeah, no, that that team has been, they've been strange. And I feel like the only reason, I mean, minus Wilson, if you take Wilson out of the equation, the only reason that this team is, is playing the way they are, I honestly think is because of Pete Carroll. I think Pete Carroll's just a great coach. And I think, you know, just being able to figure it out, it's been working, but they are going to get exposed come playoff time.
0: You know who's also a pretender to me? Who's that? The LA Rams.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I'm one, not
0: yeah. I'm not sold. And honestly, I could give you a big reason as to why. I, I, I could sit here and try to come up with a big reason as to why <laughs> they are pretenders. Again, they do phenomenal at home, um, about split on the road. But either way, I'm not bought in. I don't know what it is. Maybe no. I haven't watched enough Rams games but it, they just haven't done it for me. Even though they sit on top of the division right now, again, fir- tied for first, but they're technically in first place right now. Um, they're, they're just not it, dude. I don't know. Like, I, I don't I don't know why. They're just a very weird team to me this year. I don't see a lot going on. Maybe it's their run game. They're, uh, Jared Goff is not spreading the ball, you know, on offense, which is good. Um, they got the best corner in football, Jalen Ramsey. He's really... Earned his that that name in in the NFL currently. Aaron Mm -hmm. Donald we know is a stud year in and year out. But um, you write all that down, and you go into a game, a highly competitive game, and you're like, oh, those are some reasons why they're good, but they're never the reason why like they should be on top of the division. Those are just like it's like naming characteristics of something as to why they're good. But they're not fully the reason why. Yeah, I, I am having trouble explaining this. Mostly because <laughs> whenever I see the Rams play, it's kind of like whatever to me, and I think that's why. But I just never really bought in. That's really all I could say on it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I really haven't bought in either. And I think it's it's this. I think falls more. Uh, I would say less on the players, and I think this falls more on on McVeigh. I think his issue is. Is I feel like his game planning, at least offensively, you'll see certain weeks where you know they come up with these trick plays and this extravagant system, and and, and it looks like wow, you know they're doing so much, and, and sometimes it's almost like it's too much, and then I feel like it gets to times to where it's like they're not doing enough, and it's like where is that creativity? Right? Because yeah. you're you're just running the ball, and then you're just running basic routes, and it's like what what happened? Like how is this? This looks like a completely different team from last year.
0: They got to revamp that run game. I think that might be it, too, a little bit. Because when they did have Gurley, and again, they don't have to go out and try to get a Gurley, I think they can bring in a guy. Mm-hmm. like I don't think Cam Akers is the answer. Obviously, he's been in and out, and they haven't no. really given him that opportunity. But I just don't see it either with him. They get a number one guy like Gurley or in like the same stratosphere. I think they're back in business. That's like the one thing I think can get them back in it because um, they got enough on that defense to make some noise. And that offense, obviously Cooper cup is emerging as an amazing wide receiver. Robert Woods too. Mm-hmm. They, they had what the most yards on Monday night football of all time. I think yeah, they set the record. Had over a hundred, like
1: either, each, like 130 yards or something yeah, like crazy,
0: that. Each. Crazy, crazy. Um, but yeah, st- still not wanted as much. I think, uh, I think they get a solid running game. They could really mix things up because they could have a giant game like that while also having a solid rushing game on the ground, too. Maybe that's it. But again, anyone could disagree with me. I just don't see the Rams running away with this division and me feeling good about it because heading into the playoffs, I don't know how they're not going to get that far. In my honest opinion, like I think even the Seahawks with that awful with their awful defense, I think they can make it farther than the Rams. If I'm being honest yeah, with you. No,
1: I, I agree with that. I think so too.
0: And same with the Cardinals. I just like the Cardinals and the way they play their game. Still very exciting games. And they can they can make they can make some noise in the next couple weeks. Um, we're talking Patriots, Rams. I think that's really a game that's going to be telling. Giants, oh, yeah. Eagles, Niners, and then they finish off with the Rams again. So we'll kind of have to wait and see there. So I think the Cardinals are pretenders. Well. Could be a hot take. Seahawks, Rams, together, though on top of the division, are pretenders. Um, who I know we me- so I think up to this point we mentioned all your contenders so far. Unless we're missing one. Uh,
1: no, no, that that should be all. Yeah, not many to so see in the
0: NFC East. But who are your pretenders? Do or do anyone fall in line with kind of what I mentioned? I know I just sprinkle them in there. Well, we go off airless, yeah, yeah. but.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, uh, the the NFC North we mentioned. I agree with that. I have agreed with the Seahawks. I agreed with the Bucks. I agreed with the Rams. Those actually were the three guys I was going to talk about. Um, and then any and and right now the Eagles are in it, but I they're they're not making it.
0: Right. So there definitely wasn't much discussed about in the NFC. It's kind of a yeah a tell there. But as for the AFC, there's a lot to look at there. A lot of question marks. Well, you kind of have more of a sure thing in the NFC barring anything spectacular happening with the uh, NFC East to change our minds. Um, So to kind of wrap this whole thing up here, I just have a general question for you. Um, Mm -hmm. What have you thought of this year so far? Again, I know we haven't recorded in a while, sat down, talked about everything going on in the league, but just something quick, something simple for you to answer. You know, there's, you know, things with COVID going on with a bunch of these teams. It's been a rough year. And, um, they're still battling through it almost at the finish line. And again, a lot of playoffs, a lot of football left to go up until February. But, um, this year so far going on, this will be week 12. What are your Mm -hmm. thoughts on this year?
1: I feel like I expected it to be a lot more chaotic. I mean, now it's definitely starting to pick up with COVID and, and you're hearing more and more, maybe not just one player every once in a while or, or one staff member or, or so forth. You're hearing more and more consistent names and players being placed on the COVID list. I'd say over the last two weeks. Uh, but I thought for sure, you know, given within the first month or so of the season, I thought we were going to see a lot of complications and a lot of problems because, you know, unlike the NBA, there was no bubble there that you couldn't bubble. And we're playing a contact sport. We're tackling people. We're, we're breathing. And, and sweating all the people and I, I just I was a little worried I was a little worried and, and wasn't too sure how the season was going to go on um, I mean I'm surprised and pleasantly surprised in, in that sense that the season as of right now is still going on it's still doing well I mean there's going to be some games moved here and there but overall it's still going strong it still looks like it's going to go you know as planned and, and look to play all the weeks and look to you know, go through the playoffs smoothly and go into the Super Bowl. Um, But I I just I don't I it's just it's nerve wracking every week because injuries are obviously a part of the game and and it happens. But now to have a whole different aspect as to why your team or your fantasy team or so forth might not have a player go. It's just it's bizarre and weird and stressful. But it's just the world
0: we live in right now it's just funny because to start the year it was like all these tests came back negative we're good to go for the nfl season this is going to be an easy way going even though we're not bubbled up and lo and behold like the next couple of weeks even up till this point like around mid season a little past halfway there's someone on mm-hmm. the uh, place on the covid list every day dude and it's yeah. like I get nervous because it's like we we look at it like, oh, I guess he might not be available for for Sunday and he won't play. He won't be in my lineup. I don't know what he's going to do for me in fantasy. It's like we think about it that way. But down, yeah. down the line, who knows what's going to happen to their health later on due to the fact that they get COVID. And again, sometimes these guys get put on the list because they may have been. Cl- close contacts with someone Mm -hmm. but there are people also getting tested positive and it's not something we should take lightly either like um just to kind of play into current events that are happening right now i don't know what your take on it is but you know juju and eric ebron coming out saying it's like oh we got our thanksgiving game taken away and we had to take an early buy in week five this is just Mm -hmm. trash it's like dude this is real life going on right now it's like Yes, you could have teams that do everything 100% right. Someone could, could still come down with COVID. You don't know what happens behind yeah. the scenes, right? Obviously, we know they kind of like, you know, you know, uh, they open the curtain a little bit as to what happened with the Raiders and the Titans obviously not following protocol. That's definitely punishable and they did get punished. But it's like everyone's being dealt the same hand and it's it's tough to get through every single thing. Like this is all new to everyone. It's this is something that's yeah. never happened ever. Like, this is history we're living in right now. But, um, I also think like going out and tweeting something like that it's like, yes, it's a Thanksgiving game and it's fun to play on Thanksgiving and you lose your bye, but it's like, you know, that's that's, that's something any team would be expecting. And again, they're 10 and 0, it's like, what should they be complaining about? Like, you could say mm-hmm. that, but, um, I think it's thinking about it in the real life standpoint, it's like, who kn- one of these guys could die by their 50s and an underlying cause in their autopsy could be like, God forbid any of this happens, but it's because like COVID like mess with their health conditions later on in life, dude, you know? So, you know, my, my take on that whole Stalers thing was just like, it's, it's bigger. This is life. Like we're talking about guys that could potentially die. And it's like, yes, there was a statement that came out for the Ravens. That's like, um, you know, like we had a staff member that wasn't following protocol. He wasn't wearing masks. he was, he had symptoms and he wasn't, you know, mentioning it to, to the organization. It's like, yeah, that, that stuff sucks. And you don't want to have people like that, but, um, yeah, yeah. Overall for this, for guys like that on the Steelers, it's like, it does suck. And, they're, and that they're fault. They're the only team following in the, fall, falling into these scenarios where they got to reschedule games all the time. But, oh, um, yeah. it, this is new to everyone. I, I think it was a little over the top. They had to go out and, put their thoughts out there like that what was your take on that before we wrap everything up here
1: on uh the the Steelers situation yeah yeah
0: them getting pissed about like obviously we mentioned earlier at the beginning of the episode that they canceled them we're like oh we're expecting it Mm -hmm. but now these Steelers players like oh now we don't get to play and it's like these teams don't these teams don't handle their business like like they should it's like you know
1: look I I understand the the frustration and the anger I I 100% understand it I'm not gonna say it's not valid. I'm not gonna say, you know, they, they don't have a right to, to voice and react the way they are. Um but you know, kind of as you mentioned, this is real life. And when you pull it out of football and you look at it from a real life perspective, there have been people from the beginning that have had issues with work and haven't able been able to find work and haven't, you know, had the option to go to work. They've been told, you know, you're laid off or you're for for now and, and you're not able to come back until who knows when and you're just getting unemployment and so forth. And these people don't have a choice. And I feel like, you know, to some people that just rubs them the wrong way. And I know, you know, that's not the way that they're looking at it. And I know that's not the, the message and the intention they're trying to give off. But I feel like, you know, exactly what you said, you know, this this is real life. This is outside of just sports, and, and it's bigger than all that kind of th- that kind of stuff. And when you 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 know when it comes down to it, if you know, I, I get it. You know, it's a primetime game. It's a big game. You want to be, you know, happy. You want to make sure you play on that game. Everybody's looking forward to it. Now they have less rest. But you know, there's yeah. Still and that's also people there.
0: complaining about like, oh, now we don't get a primetime game on Thanksgiving. Yeah, this yeah. sucks. It's like, yeah. come on, and, dude.
1: And and, and yeah, and, and at the end of the day, I mean it's okay. They moved it and they got less rest, but I mean, they're still making significant money. So it's kind of like, you know, I I feel like me personally, like I get it, but I just feel like it's like, all right guys, like already people, I feel like each year, like, wow, these, these athletes make just not even in football in general, they're like, wow, these athletes make so much money. And I feel like now, especially with the times that everybody's going through, where some people aren't working, some people are, worried about losing their jobs they're you know they're they're worried about their health they have family members that have been impacted by this virus and you know they they want to make sure that people take the proper precautions and, and then you have people acting like this you know I feel like it's just not a great look I feel like I get it but I just I I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the way that they reacted and I feel like fans themselves are reacting the same way and it's 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 shocking to me in a sense because I'm I'm surprised because again, this, this virus, no matter, you know, if you've been impacted personally by it or not, I mean, there's a lot going on with it and then you never know what's going to happen down the road. You don't know what's going to happen with it today. So it's kind of like, I'm just, I'm just surprised that they're so, you know, into, Oh, I just want to play. Even if there's a risk of getting the virus that that's surprising to me.
0: So, lot of football left and yeah again long way to go we got playoffs coming up we got contenders and pretenders who is going to come out of the pretender slot who in the contenders is going to continue to be a contender we'll have to wait Mm -hmm. and see and our job right now sit back relax and watch this whole thing unfold and we get to talk about it so we'll continue to do that I think this is a good place to wrap up here Um, I Mm -hmm. hope you guys enjoyed this little bit of a different episode I think it's better than just talking about every single game that's going on right now I think anyone can easily sit down turn on a microphone phone and do the exact same thing um but again we'd, ra- we'd rather uh mix it up a little bit and i think we're going to continue to do this moving forward so we'll wrap it up here so if you guys would like our social media is franchise tag pod on twitter and instagram there'll be no video for this podcast hopefully we will continue in the future to go back to doing video and our youtube channel is franchise tag podcast if you want to go subscribe to that go ahead we got some old videos up on there um and yeah, uh, so we're going to finish it up here. Again, a lot of football left. We're very excited to see how this season unfolds. Chris, thank you for joining me. Appreciate it. Again, hopefully we could uh, keep this trend going because this is where things start to get interesting. And I think we'll kind of see how everything uh, plays out in the NFL.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me on again. Exactly. I want to look forward to uh, get a little bit more consistent content out and then some diversity looking to, take some hot takes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So appreciate you guys for listening. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. Um, and again, appreciate all the support if you're sticking with us and riding with us. We appreciate that too. Other than that, we'll see you guys next time.